That's it. This is how we're starting this. Yep. Welcome to episode two of as woo woo as you wanna be. Ooh. It's as woo woo as you want, but well, you can okay. But uh, uh. as you want, as you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> You're like actually, this is not in the wrong name. Uh, with Celine and Jeremiah. Welcome. Hi, we're back. I, I hope you're back too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope someone's there. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed that first episode. Lively. <laughs> we listened back to it. Thought it was hilarious. And kind of great. Uh, yeah. I mean, not to toot our own horn. But... I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. I, during it, I was like, <laughs> we are. This is just a sinking ship. Yeah. Airplane. I did not feel that way the whole time, but it's you just were a super Gemini. That's what we realized afterwards. So I'm a Gem I'm actually a double Gemini. I have Sun and um uh Gemini and I have my Mars in mm. Gemini, which mm-hmm. is a fun one, guys. <laughs> Shout out to all my Mars Geminis out there. <laughs> so you may have heard me flitting back and forth. Um it's a weird thing. I, I do want to say this. Um, when you learn about astrology, like the the thing that, um, and we're gonna. This isn't an astrology episode, but we we were just talking about doing uh, an astrology episode. But when you learn about these modalities, um, you know, a lot of people just they um, kind of brush it off and say it's bullshit, it's bullshit, whatever, whatever. But I think if you're open enough. What happens is there are different lenses to look mm. at life yeah. through. So, you know, the thing with when I started to realize, like, oh, I'm a Gemini, I'm a Mars Gemini, you know, that Mars has to do with your mind and stuff like that. Um, and this kind of split personality thing, um, it made me understand myself in a way that I didn't understand myself before. And it gave me permission to be those two separate people. Mm. Um, and it's a weird thing to, to, to own that kind of duality, you know, and, and you're not just your son. You're not just your, whatever your chart is. And everyone's unique. There's no hard, hard and fast rule to this, but I think it's just like a really beautiful way of viewing Hmm. people yourself relationships the world yeah yeah i mean also sometimes i think astrology and again this isn't an astrology episode but (laughs) maybe it should be (laughs) i know i'm like well i don't know enough but i think that the problem sometimes comes down to like a generalization of an entire month of people being born and having a million different personalities there yeah and it's it's it can feel like a generalization if you just you know read it in the back of a magazine. Yeah, but to study it is really interesting. I do think it's apt that we are talking about astrology so early on because I think for a lot of people that is 
a very mainstream woo woo yeah, thing. It is. It is. It is. And so for a lot of people, that's kind of their entry point to woo woo. Yeah. Um, it's easy because you could just look it up. Yeah. So, but birth charts are really where it's at. Yeah. And we're going to do a whole thing about that. Mm hmm. But not today. But not today. What are we going to talk about today, Celine? Well, I feel like we're going to kind of open the broad topic of energy. Yeah. And what that means. And what we mean when we talk about energy. Cool. In terms of woo-woo stuff. Yeah. Because it, really, it really sets the tone for everything. For vibrational, energetic beings. I think there's even science that says that. There definitely is. Right? Oh, yeah. At BU, I actually took quantum theory. Mm, right. And so that's all about things vibrating. Everything's energy. Right. So any of those skeptical people out there like 15-year-old Jeremiah. Or like 20-year-old Jeremiah. Or like 20-year-old Jeremiah. <laughs> guess the fuck what? <laughs> it's all energy. Yeah. And scientists agree, too. So how about that? How about that? I mean, it's pretty cool. And when you learn that you're vibrating at a certain frequency, right? Oh, man. You just brought up some stuff in I me. I know. I just did it. No, that was good. Why? How did that make you feel? No. So, um, you know, uh, related to that, I, I think that's one thing that when you start doing your meditation practice, mm. you feel in a visceral way. Like a vibration? Yeah. Huh. You, you realize, you start to feel your your vibration. And, and as you slow yourself down, um, I mean, me even saying that, like you're literally slowing your vibration down. Yeah. And when you come out of meditation, you know, we're, we're in New York City, so... Talk about high, a high vibrating uh, place, but um, when you come out of that and then you kind of re-enter the the current material yeah. world, um, you're realizing how fast everything's vibrating. Well, I feel like that's like why a lot of people can't live in New York City. Totally, because you're battling. You're not. You're just living within a million different kind of vibrations and frequencies hitting you at all times was, like on the subway i was you know? battling oh my god mm. yeah the subway is insane if you're too open it's too tough i think we'll do a whole thing about chakras and cording we yeah, have to do that because that do. was huge for me but no you're right when i and when i first did my meditation practice that was really it's really hard i don't know if anyone's listening right now but like if you're starting to meditate and you're becoming more sensitive to energy and you're doing it in New York, like, God bless you, because <laughs> it's the best training ground. Um, I had a really hard time handling it. Hmm. Um, well, yeah. I think whenever you become more open to the energetics that surround you, you do encounter, like, think of people who are, like, highly spiritual, like shamans. Um, I mean, a lot of like cult leaders, whatever, you know, like they can't be around a lot of people because you just absorb too much energy. Yeah. So, but when I talk about frequency and energy, I kind of feel like I look at it like a TV with a lot of different channels, right? And like I'm the TV and then you can like switch the channel 
and it's a different mood. It's a different kind of energy. And so I think when you work with higher frequencies, more like higher vibrations, like maybe closer to your, like your higher self, like the astral plane, Mm -hmm. they're harder to communicate with how we are now because it's a different channel, right? Like third dimensional energy doesn't necessarily reach a higher frequency. This is too much for you. I can see you're so confused. No, 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 no. I'm trying to. So like, yeah, no, keep going. So here we are human beings vibrating in a third dimensional world, right? Like doing all the different things, but there's also vibrations that are outside of what we see and feel that we can't see in everyday life probably for our own benefit, you know, like it would be too overwhelming. But I think the more you practice meditation, being intentional, you open yourself up to be more fluid between those kind of like energies, those worlds. So you'll have cool stuff happen, like synchronicity, right? Like you'll be thinking a certain song and then you'll walk into like a grocery store and that song will be playing or something along those lines. So that's where that was I really well put. Does that make sense? Yeah, that was great. I got nervous talking about no, it. No, <laughs> that was really good. I was wrapped. But that's like Seth stuff. Yeah. So the one thing that I was going to, um, oh God, you, you talked and I had like 8 billion things coming through my head. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is who I am. Um, and, and it's and it's because I'm so excited. I just I love know. this stuff. I'm so psyched you love this stuff. Yeah. And it's like, uh, uh, it's just one of those things where I'm, I mean, I'm so grateful for my family, for my friends. I feel like we, we, uh, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of people who are very open to this, but Mm -hmm. there are times that I hang out with people and we're just talking about stuff that's just like so not interesting. And it's like, (laughs) do you realize we're like energetic beings (laughs) and we're like souls with multiple, like multiple dimensions and like you're purposely like like, focusing in this place right now but at the same time all of your past lives are happening right now (laughs) like and they're like oh how was the football game you know well but that's like part of the human you know experience i know i know and i know (laughs) and it's like the idea that there's this one idea that i forget who said it but you kind of live as many lifetimes as you need to to wake up oh it's so beautiful right and so when you kind of get closer to waking up, you like think about stuff outside of like kind of just like basic shit that you're like, meh, I don't really care about the football game anymore. Yeah. So hopefully Jeremiah, this is our last lifetime. <laughs> I've thought about that. I know. I've really it would be thought about cool. that. Like what's next? I don't know. I don't either. I don't know. It's just this eternity. Us <laughs> in a little room. <laughs> yeah. Well, spe- speaking to, back to we got off a little tangent there but the the seth stuff i i would recommend if if people are interested in what we're talking about right now and what i'm about to say check out uh selena mentioned it in the previous in our first episode check out jane roberts um and her husband robert butts who transcribed all of um the channeling work that uh she did um it's phenomenal and um it's a lot it's really um, complex. It's very complex. There's a lot of books, too. Yeah. And I would start at the first one. <laughs> um, yeah. 
and what I'm saying is from that first one, which is basically, um, you know, that, that phrase that we're not human beings having a spiritual existence or spiritual beings having a human existence. It's, it is really that. And, um, what we are right now are projections of energy. Um, but we are actually part of a, a much more vast soul being, um, for lack of a better word or entity. Um, so, you know, when people talk about past lives, um, or alternate realities, it's actually all happening at once, mm-hmm. um, which is a very hard thing for people to comprehend. Actually. Yeah. It's not. Well, it is, but there is a book written about it. It's called the dancing Wooly masters. And in this book, Einstein actually does a time of chart or wait, a chart of time. Sorry. That was so dyslexic of me. <laughs> <laughs> and in the, in the diagram he does, time folds onto itself, yeah. thus becoming a plane, so that all time is actually simultaneously happening. I did a project about this when I was Wait, in high school. Wait, so, but you said that things weren't happening at the same time. Did I say that? Yeah. I meant to say all happening at the same time. <laughs> This is the dimension well. where Celine goes dyslexic. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm like, sorry, that is... was insensitive for anyone who's dyslexic. Oh, but, yeah, um, sorry. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. But Dancing Lily Masters. Yeah, yeah, no, so that, I mean, that was just, that was basically it. You know, the idea that, um, that maybe that's a good way of, of metaphors are so powerful for this stuff, mm-hmm. too, like explaining woo-woo things. Um, yeah, we're, you know, if you think of your TV as your kind of soul being and each channel and it's satellite TV. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. I love it. We both just laughed at that. Uh, it's a satellite Nerds. TV with many, many channels. It's actually called the Oversoul. Right. This is a book I need to read from Seth. Yeah. So you can keep going though. Yeah. Um, the Oversoul, um, each channel is an existence. Mm-hmm. And so right now, this podcast, you, you listening to us, this is all one existence. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love about this too, and, um, the practice of meditation and just really getting into thinking about spirituality, uh, on a deeper way and actually incorporating it, incorporating it into your life is, the feeling of freedom that you get from not feeling like you're just this body. I was just thinking the same thing. I don't know how to explain it. Well, it sounds really, I, that probably sounded so weird for people, but really, mm, well, because it makes everything more fluid or maybe like you're just less confined to one way of being. Exactly. And that's, a nice time considering, you know, sometimes this, what we have as our reality is like kind of garbage a little bit sometimes, you yeah. know, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I really, I really like that. Um, and oh, man, for, you know, for people who are like, um, you know, I'm this way, I was born this way. This is just who I am. <sighs> when you learn to not identify yourself as just this one being and also opening up to calling upon, um, 
your higher self and calling on the other spirits that are with you um, and asking for help or guidance or anything like that um, is just is, is a really amazing feeling and a sense of opening and freedom and this this concept of you know it's the biblical concept of casting the burden mm-hmm. not feeling like you have to do it all yourself mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of um uh yeah well maybe we'll get to it later just the law the law of attraction stuff i mean we could talk about just it just go into it i mean yeah let's just do it because i want to talk about you with this because i yeah, feel like you said earlier we were eating vegan pizza <laughs> and it wasn't that bad yeah it was good anyway and we were talking about what to chat about and jeremiah was like i feel like what did you say you were not doing it right no um we had selena and i had met up like a few months ago just to ch- chat and like that's that i guess that is kind of like what what came this um and you know i've been practicing um you know for those who have been listening uh for so long to that first (laughs) that (laughs) one that only that one episode uh i told you i'm good i told no it was great okay it was good i think it was funny yeah okay that's good that was good all right uh i i warned you and i'm just gonna that it was that was that one warning so um, I'm going to talk about Tosha a lot, but I am, I do practice a lot of what she writes and teaches about. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff about the law of attraction. Okay. Um, it was very popularized with the secret a number of years ago. Um, do you know that book? You don't. No, I do. You do. Okay. Of I was course like, I know that book. You know um, Seth at 16, but you don't know the secret. <laughs> no, I learned about the law of attraction from Abraham and Hicks. Okay. So around the same time, like, you know, in the 90s. Do you want to make that shout out to Abraham and Hicks? About the, the technique that you taught us with the wheels? What's the wheel technique? The, the... Oh, um. Focus wheels. Yeah, I talked about focus wheels in the first episode, and I wanted to say that that's actually an Abraham technique. Is that what I was supposed to say? Yeah. Yeah. Can you actually explain, because people have no idea what you're talking about. right. Okay, so focus wheels. Well, no, 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 not focus wheels. Abraham. Oh, Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Everyone's like, uh, you mean the guy who, like, was going to kill Isaac? I'm like Abraham. (laughs) I know my dad right now is like, why is she talking about Abraham? So, Esther Hicks is a sweet gal, older lady, who is a channel. She channels this entity called Abraham. And they have a bunch of different books. They have workshops. Um, They have a book called Ask and It Is Given. They have a book called Getting in Your Vortex, which I, like, think is actually really cool. And their whole base, one of their main principles is the law of attraction. So... In their terms, the law of attraction is about you set your intention, you feel your vibration behind that intention, and then you attract whatever vibration you're matching. So it can be tricky because if you're saying, hey, I really want to meet a great boyfriend, but your vibration is a lower vibration, you know, like a little bit down in the dumps, you don't really feel that confident... You'll attract a partner, 
but that partner will match the vibration that you're at. So perhaps it's not going to be this dream guy because you're not being your best version of yourself or you're not attracting that energy. So, you know, you can want a million different things and set your intentions, but if you're vibrationally not a match to that intention, that's not going to come true. And that's what's tough, I think, when you're learning about creating and intentions and sort of molding your life to what you want it to be because you can want really excellent things for yourself but if you're not in a good vibration of attracting that kind of life like you'll keep attracting shitty things that was so well put but that's the law of attraction yeah right yeah and i think i i think for a while uh you know melissa my partner and i would always talk about this because she's you know, she thinks about law of attraction stuff too. And then I talk mm-hmm. about like the Tosha perspective. And I think if there was a point where like we were kind of disagreeing, but it's actually agreeing on the same thing. And a shout out to her friend Jillian. She gave me this book called Into the Magic Shop by James Doty. I don't Have know. Have you, you ever read it? No. So good. Sounds and like, a great title. You know, Jillian was overhearing, I think Melissa and I talking about this stuff. And she's like, oh my God, you have to read Into the Magic Shop, which I read a few months ago. Amazing book, highly recommended. Um, the guy is just an unbelievable person, a neurosurgeon who um, basically, when he was 12 years old, learned the law of attraction and learned how to basically um, manifest mm. from this woman who just like almost like apparated out of nowhere. Um, and the whole moral of the story uh, is. Spoiler alert, if you don't, if you you want to read this book, you may want to skip ahead. I mean, you're not like ruining anything. I'm not ruining anything. But basically the idea is that he got everything he wanted. Hmm. But he didn't follow this woman. Her name was Ruth. That was like his, you know, like entrance to all this stuff. Uh, Ruth said the most important thing is you have to make sure you are coming from your heart center mm. when you attract. Okay. Don't do it from the mind. You have to do it from the heart center. Huh. And I feel like that's related to what you're saying, where it's yeah. like you can you can manifest things, um, but it may not be for the highest and the best. So, like, um, and and that's what happened with this guy, James um, Doty. He, he manifested. He literally became a surgeon. I mean, you read the book, and it's like this guy literally manifested everything. He came then- from a broken home. Um, he was like on the path to nowhere and the guy like literally went to medical school and like graduated and became incredibly successful in California, Eh, but he loses a lot of it. Why? You'll have to read the book. We're not, we're not doing a whole book thing, but, uh, um, one, one other person I want to mention about the law of attraction stuff is, um, a woman who actually Tosha gets a lot of her inspiration from is this uh, writer, Florence Scovel-Shin, who wrote hmm. The Game of Life and How to Play It. I feel like you might have talked to me about this before, this book, but I don't know it. Yeah. So this is an early 20th century um, author. There was kind of like a, a period in America in like the late 1800s, early 1900s, where there was like kind of this weird... Um, 
everyone was into like magic. People were into like magic. Yeah, the and, occult like, was like a big thing. Yeah, and yeah. so she was. She wrote this book, and it was it was pretty big. And um, she talks about how she has these two main themes, which is divine order and divine source. And she says that you know when it comes to manifesting, again to your point, you can manifest anything you want but you have no idea what the ramifications of manifesting are. And this kind of comes up in in the James Doty book too. Um, He manifests uh, a residency um, to the detriment of someone else, which is really interesting. But um, in Florence Scovel Shin's book, um, she talks about, there's a number of um, anecdotes, but one about how this woman was um, coveting uh, this house and, she spent like years just like envisioning the house, like mm-hmm. wanting the house. Like I need the house. I need the house. I need the house. And she got the house, but it was like her marriage ended her, mm. you know, like she lost all her money. Like the well, house was actually in a wreck, like all that stuff. I mean, it sounds a little karma ish. Totally. So like, because I feel like what you're saying is a little scary to me. <laughs> like, you know, like you can manifest something, but like, beware, something horrible might happen in its place. And like, true, but also, what is that really about? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't know if there's, I don't know if I'm sold on the idea of like, uh, you know, like, I mean, it sounds like a little bit like of a scale balance. Like, you tip the scale so, like, you lose something, but you gain something. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. No, 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 no. I agree with you. I don't know. I actually think that's this weird thing that I'm working through right now. What do you mean? The retribution idea? Yeah. And the idea of, like, if you have... I, I don't know. Maybe other people feel this way, too. But it's like, if you have a lot of good things in your life... Something's going to go wrong. Something's going to go wrong. I think that's a very third dimensional way of looking at spirituality. Totally. You know? Um, Because then you're almost inviting that to come in too, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think it might be more of like, I believe more in like karmic patterns that you kind of have to work through. And so maybe I can look at it that way. Yeah. I have this one thing that I need to like sort out. And it will keep coming back into my life until I've kind of sorted it out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that, and that's how, that's how I've approached the law of attraction is... It seems like it's a fear-based way of approaching it. Well, yeah, I hope I didn't inspire fear in anyone. No, I, definitely I don't think that's didn't just... didn't want to do that. No, um, no. I think it's more like... I think a lot of people probably feel the same way. It comes... It, it's, again, it comes from, like where are you vibrating? Mm -hmm. Are you, are you manifesting these things from a place of ego Mm -hmm. or are you manifesting these thing, these things from a place of love Mm -hmm. from a place where like what you are doing is not only serving yourself, but serving the greater good. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Well, I think an interesting thing that Abraham talks about is the vortex, right? When you're manifesting and the first principle that you learn when like reading their, teachings or I don't know books is it's all about the feeling behind what you're doing so right and it's easier to feel than to like conceptually visualize something like it's like why why did that woman want that house 
and that you were talking about? Did she want to feel the feeling of stability and safety and security? Or did she want to feel... This This is so good. (laughs) Or did she want to feel like, well, I have this big house that everybody can see Mm. and like, meh. So like maybe manifesting like what you want from that feeling, like of course you're going to have some shit happen to you if you're like doing it for an ego reason. So I forgot where I was going with this. No, that was awesome. But the feeling. Oh, the vortex. So getting into your vortex is like imagining how you'll feel if this one thing happens. Like how I want to be more successful so I have more money. Okay, but that seems a little ego-based. But it's like, how does that make you feel? And like, oh, I feel like secure. I can like afford things. I can pay for things I need. I can take a vacation. Oh, that's such a like delicious, delightful feeling. And like you build and build and build and that becomes your vortex. And if you practice it enough, then you can like just sink into that or more opportunities will come. Oh, wow. It's pretty cool. That is cool. It's pretty magic-y. I'm like in my head right now. I'm, I'm like, I love that. I'm definitely going to go home and integrate that. I'm, and I'm trying to, in my head, also integrate that with the work I've been doing with the Tosha stuff, where for her, um, you know, relating back to the Florence Global Shin, this this is really from Florence Global Shin. She talks about how, okay, well, if you want, let's say you do want that house. Mm-hmm. Um, case in point, right? Like, so in, instead of saying, like, oh, I, I want this house because I want to, like, be, like, cool, you know, or whatever. <laughs> exactly, because um, that's how people talk. That's how people talked in the 1920s. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but if you if you say, like, something along the lines of, you know, um, I feel like this house will, will serve the highest and the best. Mm -hmm. I feel like this house will, um, bring, you know, stability and comfort to my family. And and that will in turn, like help my, you know, friends and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's all, it's all kind of like for the highest and the best. Okay. And, and, and what that does is, is it in the same way, it's like, you're, you're trying to, remove yourself from doing this from an egoic center and do it from a place of love from Mm -hmm. a place of from a soul place from Mm -hmm. your higher self Mm -hmm. from this oversoul that we were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier like getting back in touch with that because that essentially is your source right but the oversoul doesn't just come okay yeah so you have to ask the oversoul to come help you. And so you have to, cause I think when you think of like a, uh, like something watching over you, you know, like it's always checking out and making sure you're okay. But I think the reality is, well, from my knowledge of it, it kind of just comes when you ask it to come. Cause it's kind of busy. <laughs> like it's, mm. there's a lot of things for it to oversee. Yeah. So I'm getting this from the Seth material. I know. Yeah, I got to read this book. It's really, it's a great book. Um, so I think that could also make sense why sometimes people are just stuck in a rut and they just stay in a rut for a really long time. Because no one's going to come and get you out. It's also divine timing. Mm, so that's like elaborate. another... Th- yeah, so that's another thing that... Um, that was the other concept that Florence Goble... Shin talks about there's divine source and divine timing and so it's like 
you know, a lot of times when people get into manifesting and law of attraction, they think like, oh, well, if I just think hard about this enough or, you know, in 30 days, if you think hard enough, you'll get your whatever. Mm. And it's like there's a lot of things at play behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, framework two, Seth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in Seth, Seth talks about this, too, where like we live in. This is great. Yeah. So, so, so he talks about multiple frameworks, but I'm now I'm reading another Seth book, um, where, um, it's called mass events and, um, it's all about like kind of mass, uh, soul events happening, uh, which I feel like is really appropriate for what's happening right now in the world. But, um, I just started getting into framework one, framework two and framework one, one is essentially what we were just talking about. Like, that one TV channel, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. then framework two is actually like the TV and like all the machinations of like the channel turning and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So like there's all these things happening behind the scenes that mm-hmm. you're not aware of unless you start to develop your, you know, psychic abilities or intuitive mm-hmm. abilities where you can kind of t- start tapping into that or like call into, you know, yeah. your oversoul. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've talked, I remember one time when I was, so when I was little, when, when I was about six, we moved to Brussels and for my dad, he got a job and I had to go to school and I went to school in, uh, French, but I didn't know the language at all. And it was really traumatic as like a tiny child. And I remember one time my teacher I was like hysterically crying. So I was a super big crybaby. I was a baby, still kind of am, but, um, and she picked me up and like held me and gave me this like giant hug. And I felt all, everything melt. And then I felt really warm. And it was like the first time in my life that I was like, there's something more. Like, it was a really powerful experience as a little kid. And in my head, I'm like, okay, well that was a moment that I was young and probably my guides saw that I was freaking the fuck out and were like, let's just throw her a bone, you know, and like remind you that like you're not alone. And so I think when you're little, there's more receptivity. What's the word? Receptivity? Yeah. Yeah. To that communication. And then as you age, you're kind of just like, meh. That was so beautiful. I know. Wasn't that a nice story? I love that story. I mean, it's those, it's those memories that like stick with you that mm-hmm. I think they're, they're there for a reason. Yeah. I realized I didn't finish the vine timing. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, um, go on. Not totally, but, but there's a timing to this stuff. And, um, I think that's where faith comes in and patience, you know, these are lessons that. I have a question about that. You have to learn. Yeah. So who's like in charge of the stuff that's happening according to Mary Florence Scovel Shin. Yeah. I, like divine timing. What's, yeah. Who's that's doing That's a good that? question. Does she talk about that? Um, I would have to reread the book. It's been a few years, but I think she, she takes a relatively traditional point of view about like God. There's a God. Okay. But she doesn't go into like man in the sky stuff. I think okay. it's more like the divine, the divine, the, you know, mm-hmm. love or, expansiveness the universe the, the mm-hmm. just like in a larger kind of essence hmm. yeah interesting yeah 
So how does Tosha feel about the law of creation? Like that? Well, I think for her, I cannot speak for Tosha. But like, she very frequently talks about um, that the work that she does is very different from a lot of other um, Mm -hmm. spiritual uh, practitioners and teachers um, in, in, in that, in the, in, in the idea that, um, I I think a lot of it has to do with surrender Mm -hmm. and offering and like really, like I said earlier, like casting the burden, letting go of what you think your life is supposed to be. You know, it doesn't mean you can't have the desires. It doesn't mean you can't, um, want certain things and, and need certain things. And it's definitely not like, you know, she always says like, don't spank yourself for having desires. (laughs) It's a natural human thing. But what happens is it's, it's ultimately, um, a prison Hmm. desire. It's a natural thing to be desirous, but it's also, you fulfill one desire, you go to the next desire, next desire, okay. next desire, next desire, desire, next desire. It's kind of like Buddhist. A little bit, a but little it's, bit. It, but it's, it's, it's ultimately like trusting and flowing with that framework too. that like oversoul, that mm-hmm. higher self, um, where you, and, and I'm still practicing this. Yeah. I mean, this has been 10 years and it's been a pretty amazing thing where, you create space for spirit to come in. Mm. It's like you didn't work to get born. Right. (laughs) You know, it's not like you punched your way through the womb. It's not like you dug, you know, uh, a bunch of trenches until, you know, you were conceived or something. It's like, this is a gift. You were given this. So it's not the law of attraction. In the, in the typical sense. No, no. This it, is more of just how to live life. Y- yeah. 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 So you weren't doing it wrong at all. No, I'm not trying to attract. What I'm trying to attract yeah. is what the highest, like my highest self wants. Right. So like a prayer I'll say daily, we're going to do, um, we're, we'll share like daily practices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I pray multiple times a day. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh. To who, you may ask? You know, that's a good question. I asked myself that. Um, When I was younger, it was, you know, the typical kind of God thing. And over time, it's really evolved to more and more, um, I just see it as love. Hmm. Okay. And uh, I'll just pray, like, um, Tosh actually writes this in her book, uh, Use me whatever I have to give for the highest good. Let me be helpful and contribute my all. Hmm. And so it's like, I'm not demanding anything except to be used in the highest and best way. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little different. I definitely yeah. demand. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, because I feel like I've been talking for a while. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean... I think it's two distinct styles of viewing and living your life. Mm. Yours is more accepting and trusting of what is to come. You're like, everything's going to be great because 
my higher self is going to take care of it. And I'm, I think more, I'm with you on that, but I think that I have to be intentional about it. Yeah. And I'm not sort of just going to sit in the passenger seat and go, you know, I'm going to drive the car. <laughs> so, okay. yes, what? Say it. I wanted to interject, but I also wanted to. Okay, so the whole thing is like you're not like giving, not like you're saying you give up or anything like that. You are active, but it's like letting love lead. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah, I think some people like, do more intuitively than yeah, others. But, but I feel like that can be really problematic to do in a logical way. Because what mm-hmm. if your definition of love, what if you're coming from a place where you've had a complicated relationship to love? Or like you don't, you know, like you are... I feel like it's difficult for a lot of people to just give... To just take the leap and trust something. It's so hard. So, like... It's a practice. Yeah. For sure. But I just think you can practice intentionally and still do it in a space of love. I mean, most of my people that I've been following are more intentional than, I guess, this practice that you have. Yeah. Like, um, a lot of... I think Seth talks about having a blueprint before you're born this is going to get real deep of go there things that you have mapped out in spirit form and agreed to go through um and there's different like probabilities based on you know which decisions you decide to make but you have a general blueprint of you know what will happen in your life and Bashar talks about how to tap into your blueprint and how to change your blueprint. Wow. And so I think you have to be a little more, or personally, to be like a little bit more active in the process to really manifest a life that you can feel like is everything you want. Almost like the kind of stuff you think is unrealistic. Because to get to that place, like you have to work really fucking hard. Yeah. Meh. As an idea, you know, like doing meditations or there's even some forms of um, yin yoga that allows you to tap into the astral plane of your vibration. And then the astral plane is the blueprint and you can go in and like rework different aspects through sacred geometry that you come back to and it will change the course of what's happening in your life. Do you feel like that's deja vu? What just happened? Like, reworking oh. the blueprint. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's a lapse in time where, like, the veil just gets confused. And you're like, oh, wait, I've done this. And you're like, yeah, of course. I've done that. We've, we've all done this. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I experience deja vu weekly. Really? I don't really get it that much. Man. It must be kind of fun and weird. It's really weird. <laughs> I mean, look at us talking about this stuff. <laughs> Little studio in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, that was great. This this was good. Yeah, I think this was a good segue. Man, we just went in this time. We did. It was not like the first episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, no, it was I good. I think everybody was loves both. 
<laughs> um, Do we want to talk about anything else about energy? I mean, I think we kind of did. Do you have anything to add? No, I feel like I have a lot to integrate. Like And like just... I don't want you to feel like I was saying Tosha's not a great spiritual no, leader. No, not at okay. all. Not at all. I mean, th- that's, that's not one thing. my intention at all. No, no. And no, I don't feel okay, that good. way at all. I feel like that's part of like the title of the podcast is like, yeah, as woo woo as you want. Like, that's a huge thing for me now. Right. Um, I think when I was younger, I used to want to like tell people what to do and like give advice from a place of like, I know and you don't. And yeah, tell me about it. Oh my God. And I still want to do that. You still, and you get it from so many people. Like you do, you got to do it this way. You got to do it that way. And it's like, I was telling a couple people this a little while ago, this is going to sound so simple, but if you really start to like integrate it, it will really shift the way you live. Every single person on this plane on this planet earth right now is different yeah that horn is acknowledging it i don't know if you can hear that <laughs> unique so like when people say you gotta do it this way or you gotta do it that way it's whatever works for you yeah you know like it's true yeah it's very very true so i don't i don't take it as anything like that I think for me it's more about just uh, seeing what else is out there seeing what else is out there and I think intentionality is really important I do too I think think that's very important important. yeah yeah um I threw out a lot of different concepts blueprints Bashar it's pretty complicated I'm not an expert on any of that either it's just a surface thing I kind of know about well, there's a lot of references we threw out today that people can dive into. A lot yeah. of different books if you want to check out, check them out. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Should I do my ground? I was going to do a grounding exercise. It's really interesting. Holy crap, I want that. It's, you probably know it already. It's just a visualization. Okay, okay, let's do it. So what you do if you're ever feeling super anxious, stressed out, you know, not ready to face the day is super simple. You just stand where you are and then you visualize the bottoms of your feet and you inhale. And then as you exhale, you send all of that energy back into the earth and it like grounds you down and trust that that is where you are supposed to be. And just kind of hold that for, you know, a few minutes or a couple seconds just to feel connected and anchored to something. I find it really helpful. Um, I do it a lot before I go into treatments. So. Wow. It's a good one, right? Can't you feel that in your feet? Yeah. Yeah. It's like connecting. So. Well, bravo. Yeah. We did so much better. (laughs) (laughs) This was good. You were normal. I was normal. Normal, normal woo-woo. Normal stuff. Um, cool. Okay. Cool. All well, right. on to the next one. On to the next one. Yeah. Hope you stick around. Yeah. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.